Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And welcome in Chicago. This is Inside the Clubhouse. We are glad to have you here. And uh, the Cubs will be glad to get back at it uh, this morning, Bruce Levine. Good morning to you. They were on vacation yesterday, Mike? Uh, I believe so. Uh, is, uh, when uh, Matt Carpenter's uh, first uh, batter of the game ball hit off of uh, the right field video board, I thought, hmm. And it only went downhill from there. Well, when your uh, most effective pitcher is one of your outfielders uh, being Ian Happ yesterday, I think uh, it's a game you turn the page on and move on. This is Inside the Clubhouse. Mike and I are with you today from 9 to 1130, taking you right up to Chicago Cup Baseball. Zach Zaidman with the pregame at 1130. A doubleheader today on the score at noon. And then, of course, at uh, 7 o'clock, you will be listening to Cub baseball all day long and baseball all day long. Your home for baseball in the summertime. It is certainly 670 score, 670score.com. By the way, Mike, inside the clubhouse brought to you by Max and Benny's in Northbrook, the best restaurant, deli, and bakery in Chicagoland. Planning parties this summer. Max and Benny's caters discounts and gives you free delivery with $200 or more in orders. Try Max and Benny's private dining room and meeting area, seating 10 to 150. Ask for John at maxandbennys.com. The most sumptuous corned beef, pastrami, and lox for kids' camp lunches from Max and Benny's, 30 minutes from downtown, 30 minutes from the Wisconsin border. Love you some Max and Benny's in Northbrook. And Mike. Inside the Clubhouse presented by Elgin Volkswagen, where we connect with people. Visit elginvw.com. Uh, Bruce, uh, it was great to be back after the trade deadline or after the All-Star break leading up to the trade deadline. Cubs win Thursday night in the series opener. Yesterday's stinker. Now they have two more games today. The very weird five-game series because of the makeup game uh, and a two uh, uh, an Ernie Banks special, hopefully today, weather permitting, although it looks like it's supposed to clear up. Uh, shortly here, uh, but we will have uh, the twin bill for you right here on 670 The Score, starting with Zach's pre at 1130. But lots of activity over the All-Star break, and we saw some of the trades that we've been talking about happen. Uh, the Manny Machado thing has finally happened. He played his first game with the Dodgers last night. But probably more important to the Cubs, the Brad Hand trade uh, happened. The uh, closer for the Padres was sent to the Indians. And uh, of course, uh, I reported uh, earlier in the week that uh, the Cubs uh, had some keen interest in Zach Britton. Uh, from my latest intel, uh, the asking price may be way too high for Zach Britton, who's also uh, whispered to be going to the Philadelphia Phillies, among other teams right now. Jurius Familia, the closer for the New York Mets, has been uh, mentioned to be going to the Oakland A's. I understand that the Cubs were also very interested in Jurius Familia. We have yet to hear confirmation on a trade for Familia to Oakland. That's been rumored by many of the reporters, but there have been other teams mentioned. Uh, The Cubs were one of those teams involved. 
Your thoughts, your deadline deals that you'd like to see the White Sox and Cubs make, 312-644-6767. Theo Epstein was on the score yesterday, Mike. Yeah, Theo had uh, had lots to say. This uh, Theo thought, too, brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. Making big plans for their 25th anniversary. Get your season tickets now. Receive exclusive benefits. Visit ChicagoWolves.com or call 1-800-THE-WOLVES. Uh, and Bruce, uh, Theo talking about as the trade yeah. deadline approaches. Yeah, and of course, with, with the trade deadline approaching, we have to let people know that um, aren't on top of it, and most of the people who listen to the show are, is that uh, coming out of the break, Brendan Morrow is not ready. He's on the DL for the second time in a month, this time with a elbow, forearm, whatever you want to call it, um, some inflammation in the right arm, mm-hmm. and therefore – the Cubs are out there looking for more back-end help. They got Jesse Chavez in a trade with Texas, which is going to help because he is a guy that's a swingman, Mike. He can start. He can close. He can pitch in the middle. He will be available today uh, for the Cubs. That's a good start. They're not done yet. Uh, Theo was asked about uh, more additions to the team. You can't get reactive in this game and end up making – moves that might feel good in the moment or make you feel like, you know, you've responded, but then, then you look up with the benefit of perspective and realize you really cost yourselves in the long haul. So you have to focus on your players, your team, your roster structure, your long-term roster and payroll outlook. And uh, Theo went on to say, you know, don't, doesn't really want to get caught up in anything, Mike. Uh, you know, this situation is, uh, you know, they have a lot of relief pitchers. They have only a certain amount of bullets, so you don't want to get too reactive. The goal is to be um, competitive, extremely competitive and successful at the highest levels year in, year out. You know, we talked about sustained success, and that's, um, you know, the, the basic way to define that is, you know, getting getting into October and hopefully deep into October on an annual basis, and that's that's what we're trying to do. Theo with uh, Hanley and Rosner uh, the other morning, Bruce. Yeah, and, uh, you know, look, um, we know one thing about Epstein and Hoyer for sure. They are totally proactive when it comes to the trading deadline. What have they done? You know, big additions over the last couple of years. We saw the, the huge addition of Chapman in 2016. We saw Wilson and Quintana traded for using uh, important young players in the organization again last year. Cost the, the Cubs, you know, three of the top, you know, 50 players in the minor leagues in those deals. But yet you have a World Series, you have a second, long, third long run in the playoffs last year. And that won't be any different this year, Mike. This is all about uh, the Cubs going for the World Series over the next three years. We're not going to make dramatic changes for changes' sake, but that said, there are certainly areas of the roster um, that we feel like we can fortify. We have to create a little bit more depth. We have to create a little bit more quality in certain areas, and and that can happen internally. But certainly, if the right deal is there, we wouldn't hesitate to address it externally as well. And that's not BS. And that that term was thrown around by John Lester yesterday. (laughs) We'll hear from him a little bit later. About metrics. We'll we'll talk about that in another segment. But – uh, they they have walked the walk, talked the talk, and I don't expect them. Uh, as I asked, you know, Joe Madden the last couple of days, he expects more deals here, and he expects them to continue to be proactive. This hour brought to you by my man Kerry Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram on Ninety Fifth Street in Oak Lawn. Uh, you mentioned it briefly, Bruce. A texter has mentioned it as well at six seventy eleven. 
The Brandon Morrow thing is concerning because now this is uh, trip number two to the DL. You, you mentioned it. It's right biceps uh, inflammation, I believe is what they called it. But And I asked you flat it's a, it's out. A it's a sore arm. It's just, right. As you and I were prepping for the show, is this one of those yeah. cushy DL stops just to give him more rest? Well, but it's not. He told us that, yeah, there's stuff going on there. There's nothing serious that's going to shut him down for the rest of the year. Nothing that he's going to have to have any type of operation on. But nonetheless... When your closer who throws 100 miles an hour uh, has inflammation in his arm and it's closing in 10 days before the deadline, mm-hmm. you are going to uniquely or not uniquely go straight after some help. And although Theo said we're not going to overreact to situations, uh, they need a lockdown closer at the end. And Morrow has certainly been that. If you have the slightest indication that he's going to continue to be on a maintenance program at the very best the rest of these 70 ball games here you have to go out and do something so Theo is downplaying it and rightfully so because he doesn't want the marketplace to overreact to a Cubs need but in reality you know they went out and they got Chavez good for them he's a good a good guy to have in that bullpen but as you've seen with some of these other Cub pitchers who've come up and down from the minor leagues uh there's an adjustment being made to some of them mm-hmm. and uh, they've done a really good job, but this is a time of year for veterans and uh, veterans who are healthy. Hopefully the Cubs can uh, get a number of uh, one or two more of those to go down the stretch and hand off the board to Cleveland. So that leaves Britain. You're reporting that the asking price is up there. And then Familia, we saw last night uh, before going to bed that uh, Familia, the Familia to Oakland thing, everyone was saying it's just about done. Wake up this morning. Not done, but uh, that is certainly uh, one of the names yeah, out there. The Cubs, you know, Cub fans have to keep their eye on it. Uh, you know, uh, Buster only said the Cubs are not in it. Uh, other people have said the Cubs are in it. I know for a fact, uh, just like a lot of teams, the Cubs have done their due diligence on Familia, on mm-hmm. Britain, and why wouldn't they? I mean, this is their job at this time of the yep. year. Three one two six four four six seven six seven is our number. Very quickly, before we get out to the phones, here is who we are expecting to chat with today on the show. Cubs relief pitcher slash outfielder Ian Happ will join us. Uh, uh, John Rooney from the Cardinals radio broadcast. Uh, We will talk to Bob Nightingale, USA Today. He's been uh, out there reporting, as has Bruce, about a lot of the trade deadline stuff. And David Schuster, we expect a hit from him at Wrigley Field uh, sometime before game time. Uh, let's get out to the phones, Bruce, for a few minutes here before uh, we hopefully talk to Ian Happ. Matt is up first in River North. Hey, Matt, good morning. Hey, morning, fellas. Bruce, a few questions for you. You know, since a lot of the relievers that you, know, you want for the Cubs are falling, uh, the starting pitchers out there, no one really, you know, besides if you could get DeGrom or maybe one of the Mets pitchers, what about Danny Duffy? What would it take to get him? Thanks for uh, It was number one on my list today, and uh, – as always, Matt uh, really on top of these things. Uh, he joins us a lot on uh, Saturday mornings and offers a lot. Yep. Yeah, Danny Duffy. Okay. Um, I have some numbers from him that uh, I jotted down. Danny Duffy in his last couple of starts, Mike, uh, uh, fourteen innings and one run allowed. Uh, he's back to being the Danny Duffy that he was. Watched him against the White Sox last Sunday. Um, said he's using the fastball more. Uh, has always been known as more of a 40% breaking ball pitcher. Mm-hmm. He's now using the fastball, and uh, that's somebody that uh, 
the Cubs could be looking at, a lot of teams looking at Danny Duffy. Because uh, as as strong as Theo said the starting pitching is, uh, in reality, Mike, yeah, he- uh, there's there's some weakness along the way, and the lack of innings here is uh, something that has uh, stood up and have brought their attention to. Yeah, Theo uh, Theo talked about the rotation trying to carry them uh, through the second half. And so far, I mean, listen, I'm not going to pick apart John Lester for one start. He's been magnificent uh, throughout the season, uh, but it is certainly uh, not his best start yesterday. Uh, and we are uh, looking yeah. right now, Bruce, to talk to uh, the Cubs. One of the, uh, one of the Cubs' best pitchers. Yeah, one of their uh, relief, relief stars of yesterday and uh, a guy who – Hit a home run Thursday and then pitched a scoreless inning uh, yesterday. Ian Happ joins us on Inside the Clubhouse, uh, blessing us with a few moments this morning. Ian, thanks for taking some time out today. First and foremost, how was the John Lester event last night? It was great. It was great. They raised over half a million dollars for pediatric cancer and always a beautiful event. It, it really is. Uh, Ian, when... Uh, we uh, kid around with you about pitching. Um, you know, it's something that a team doesn't want to do very often, having position players pitch. But uh, you were so confident and proud of it uh, yesterday. I'm, I'm, it's it's kind of nice to have a little fun in a game where you, you've gotten blown out a bit. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, you know, when, when the game gets out of hand, just to be able to save a few arms for today. Um, you know, we got 18 things today, and. Um, we're gonna we're gonna need everybody so to give our bullpen a little bit of a rest and make sure that everybody's fresh for today. That was the main thing. Talking to Cubs outfielder Ian Happ here on Inside the Clubhouse, and Ian, uh, the All Star break just concluded. You guys uh, in St. Louis, the the first two teams back on Thursday, uh, and you guys get the win a game you homered in uh, on Thursday. What did you do during the All Star break? How do you kind of prepare yourself uh, going from first half to second with those few days off there? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was in Chicago just relaxing, um, played a lot of golf and, and just took some time away to, uh, to really rejuvenate and, and get a little bit of rest. So, um, yeah, it was a good break and I know guys were doing all kinds of different stuff. So just good to have everybody back in the clubhouse and I'm feeling fresh. The fun that you have with your teammates, whether it's your, uh, future radio career with your, um, <clears throat> With, with your microphone or the the stuff that you have, it, it's pretty unique. And it seems like, um, I don't know if it separates the Cubs from other teams because a lot of teams have fun with each other more now than ever before, uh, you know, having fun in the moment. Uh, that's a change in baseball over the last 10 years. But it seems to be a, a part of some of the unique things that the Cubs have. Would you uh, Would you care to comment on that? Yeah, I mean, I think we keep we do a good job of keeping it loose um, in the clubhouse, no matter uh, how the game's gone that day or how we've been playing for the last week. So I think that's pretty important just to be able to keep everybody loose and, and enjoy this thing because you know, we go out and we get to play a game for a living, but it is 162 games and we're together for, I think, 200 straight days. So we got to break up the monotony a little bit and um, just really try to have a lot of fun with each other. One of the other things, Ian, that and we talk about it a ton on on our show here, and and I know that uh, you live it obviously, but uh, you guys have a lot of guys who would start every day on other teams, and and here with the Cubs, and you're one of them, obviously. You you guys are rotated in and out. You may not play every day, but you're getting in your four or five days a week, as are most everybody with that crowded outfield there. How how do you uh, feel? Uh, in the moments there where, you know, some days you're playing, some days you're not, is it is it uh, a good balance kind of for you? Does Joe keep you guys uh, prepped for, for how you're going to be used? 
Well, it's a, it's a good problem to have. Um, we have so many good players in this team, and um, you know, we got 11 starters or 12 starters as position players. So it's nice that um, we have that luxury. Um, you know, Joe, Joe does a great job of trying to keep everybody fresh um, going into the later months of the year. And um, you know, the, the nice thing is we all really like each other and really support each other. So no matter who's up uh, that day, who's in the lineup, everybody's pulling for him and, and just – trying to get a win any way we can. You know, we're in the National League, and Joe mixes it up, so most of the time everybody's going to see uh, at least a couple innings in the game anyway. So about a month ago, we were standing at your locker, uh, myself and some of the other regulars that are around all the time, and uh, we're talking to you about you know your game and where it's at, and uh, you were you were struggling a bit to, to find the contact point that you want to. And you said, you know, this is a long season, you know, just wait and uh, l- let's come and see me, you know, a little bit later in the year. And sure enough, uh, within a couple of weeks, things change a lot for you. And uh, that, that kind of confidence and belief in yourself probably goes a long way. Just the plan itself. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? And, Knowing even when you're struggling that you're you're going to be successful down the line. Uh yeah, it's it's a really long year. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of the numbers that that you look at, and, and it's not just the average and, and the on base change and everything. It's it's how hard you're hitting the ball, how many opportunities you're getting to uh, put the ball and play hard and get hits, and and what that looks like. So, you know, some of those numbers are lining up, and and you're still not kind of having the uh, statistical success that, that everybody looks at, you know, that you know that there's going to be a, a regression back to the mean and, and everything's going to start working itself out. So, um, for me, I was, I was having some good at bats there for about a month and wasn't getting any results. And uh, it was just a matter of time. And, and I decided that I was going to be patient with it and understand that you know, there's still a lot of at bats out there for the rest of the year. And, and we're, you know, we still have a time left. So, uh, just understanding that. It's such a long season, and if you keep plugging away and keep doing things the right way, it'll eventually uh, work itself out. And, Ian, this is uh, year one of you guys uh, working with Chili Davis as your hitting coach. Obviously, you had your time during the spring, and now you know through half of the season, 95 games, whatever it's been. How has that uh, progressed, and, and how has your relationship with, with Chili grown over that time? Yeah, I think um, you know, over the, the first half of the season, guys really got an opportunity to, to kind of learn Chile. Chile got an opportunity to learn all the guys. Um, it's not a, a quick process. It's um, a kind of a, a slow process of, of learning each other, having Chile understand everybody's swing individually and, and what guys need to get ready for games. So it's been great um, to pick his brain on, on his experiences and and really learn from a guy that, that was able to play a lot of years in the big leagues and for me, a, a guy that was able to switch it in the big leagues for a long time. Ian Happ of the Cubs for just a couple minutes more on Inside the Clubhouse. Ian, um, you you've all you you came up with a, a a good idea of the strike zone and not, and not afraid to take pitches, not afraid to work counts. Is that something you always had in your game, or is that is that evolved over the years for you? Uh, yeah, it's something I've had since uh, high school. Um, definitely a lot in college too, but. Uh, I think that in the last couple of years, it's it's I've kind of gotten away from it and, and been swinging a little bit more and a little bit more aggressive, especially in, in two strike counts. So um, last few months to be able to really be confident hitting with two strikes and not be afraid to take borderline pitches just 
forcing uh, pitchers over the middle of the plate, I think it's it's been really good, and you can kind of see where the numbers have gone since then. So uh, the number one wine kind of sore for the uh, the Cubs is said to be um, Joe Madden. He talks about the fact that you guys talk wine and all kinds of eclectic things that go on in the world. I know you're not going to share those conversations with us, but how, how much fun is that to be able to just talk uh, other things with your manager and just basically be friends? Yeah, it's great. It's great to be able to get away um, from baseball a little bit. That you know, that we share this bond. Everybody in the clubhouse shares this bond of, of Major League Baseball, but we also get a chance to uh, to see what other interests we have and and what we can share. You know, I share golf with a bunch of the guys and wine with Joe, which is awesome. And just to be able to kind of back off baseball and I have to talk baseball 24-7 and, and kind of explore some other hobbies and interests that we have in common. Uh, I know you don't have any arm soreness today because you, <laughs> you you advised me directly that, hey, I was throwing 78 miles an hour yesterday, so not, nothing to worry about. But um, your pitching career, you, are you hoping it's over or are you, you looking forward to your next outing? Uh, I'm not looking forward to my next outing because that would uh, probably mean we're in a bad spot. But, uh or a good spot, yeah. Yeah, but I will. Uh, next time there's an opportunity, I will I'll continue to lobby Joe to be back in there. <laughs> but you certainly have the uh, the best numbers of the uh, position player bunch from yesterday. So th- thank that you, thank bodes you. well. <laughs> yeah, Ian, thanks a lot for taking some time out this morning. Continued success, and we'll see you out at the ballpark. Okay. Yeah, guys, thanks for having me. Thanks a lot, thanks, Ian. Ian Happ uh, joining us on Inside the Clubhouse, uh, talking a little bit pitching talking a little wine, talking all the things that uh, make uh, baseball players and hopefully this show a little more more interesting than just balls and strikes and homers and strikeouts. I'll have to keep my wife and her friends away from Ian Happ now that they know he loves wine. He will he will launch into their favorite player trajectory. Joe says he's a connoisseur. <laughs> 312-644-6767 is our number. We are talking a trading deadline with you. We will talk to John Rooney of the Cardinals about that matchup and the division at the top of the next hour. Bob Nightingale, all things trades. David Schuster with a report from the ballpark. Everything you could want from a baseball show right here on Inside the Clubhouse. Absolutely, and uh, I've got a soundbite that we want you to hear uh, regarding Zach Britton from uh, a Baseball Hall of Famer. We'll do that next when we come back on Inside the Clubhouse on The Score. Welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse. You have Bruce Levine and Mike Esposito here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, doubleheader Saturday, Bruce. Absolutely, right on the score. Split doubleheader today. Zach Zaidman with our pregame show before Cub Baseball with Pat and Ron. Today, starting at 1130 after the show, Zach starts his show. So be with the score all day long for Bill Fun, the Cubs day-night doubleheader. Let's keep it right here. Tyler Chatwood goes in the first game. Mike Montgomery will pitch in the second, and the Cubs needing a little bit of a bounce back after yesterday's uh, ugly one. It's amazing, Mike, that the Cubs have a three-game lead uh, on the division. Uh, Three games on Milwaukee, seven and a half on the Cardinals. The rampaging Pirates are starting to push forward as they've won seven in a row, including those uh, five straight against... uh, the Brewers last mm-hmm. week. The Brewers in a free fall right now. I think they've lost seven, seven they straight. They have games. lost seven straight, and uh, Pittsburgh is now only a game behind St. Louis. If the you're watching the story I wrote on six seventy thescorecom dot com yesterday was that the Cardinals, for the first time in maybe their history, 
in at least the last 30 years since maybe the middle 1990s could be going for a rebuild around the corner here because Mm -hmm. uh, this series here with three games left over the next two days and then three games in St. Louis with the Cubs next weekend uh, with the trading deadline coming up on the 31st, this could all determine what uh, president and GM of the Cardinals, John Mozeliak, does as far as either going for it this year or kind of re-looking re, re at uh, the the team and taking a, a different approach that the Cardinals really haven't done for a long time. They've been so successful, Mike. Since 1996, the Cardinals have only had three seasons, okay, under 500. It's a nice run. Seven times first place, five times second place, you know, three championship runs in that time to World Series titles of five World Series. Uh, This has been, you know, one of the most successful organizations in the history of the game. Uh, But it it might be time, depending on what happens these next three games and maybe next weekend that uh, Mazalek says, you know, this is time for us to do a kind of a rebuild on the move, sort of what the Yankees did maybe a couple years ago. Our Cubs-Cardinals talk brought to you by Northwestern Football. Coach Fitz and the Wildcats host Michigan, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Notre Dame, Illinois, and more this fall at Ryan Field season. And single-game tickets on sale now at nusports.com. And we can ask John Rooney about that uh, after the top of the outer from uh, from uh, Cardinals Radio. But uh, a bit of a surprise that uh, they pulled the trigger on Mike Matheny right before the All-Star break. I mean, that, I guess, shows you where... Where the Cardinals are at in terms of what they where they think uh, they're headed. Well, the communication wasn't what they wanted it to be. Now uh, you can't blame the twenty five players. You can't you can't punish Dexter Fowler and the rest of them uh, by benching them uh, and not communicating with them. So at this point in time, even though Matheny's a highly thought of guy and has been highly successful, uh, never having finished with a, a record under five hundred with the Cardinals since he uh, took over for Tony La Russa in 2012. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a time where they felt they had no choice but to try to bring in a different voice, you know, their bench coach, to uh, take over for at least the interim uh, to try to get the very best out of uh, that Cardinal team. We'll see if that works out. Um, we'll know a little bit more as the week progresses into next weekend. And uh, we, we should mention, because it was a historic performance yesterday uh, by Matt Carpenter leading off the game with a home run, but five for five, 14th player in MLB history with five extra bait hits in a game, had the three home runs, seven RBIs. Uh, just a ridiculous day for Carpenter, who started, if you, if you recall, uh, and I'm sure you do, Bruce, the, uh, the first month and a half of his season was abysmal, but he has really uh, come alive. Yeah, and uh, the last player to hit three homers and two doubles in a game, ooh, ooh. Mike? Chris Bryant, everybody. Very good. I, I think it was against the Reds a couple of years ago. It was, and the only reason I know that, I don't want to pat myself on the back. I read it this morning while prepping for the show. So I, you don't, I don't remember wanna... that game? There was, I do it was, remember yeah. it, but I would, not have, I would not have immediately gotten it that much, but I, I did. <laughs> 4, 8, 12, 16, 18, 18 bases, you know, it's, it's pretty good. You it's know? a good day. It's a good day. And, and speaking of good days, uh, you, you talk about uh, – you know, John Lester has had plenty of good days this year. Yesterday, probably his worst of the season thus far. And, you know, stinkers happen to, to the best baseball players. Uh, but one thing, and you and I uh, have talked analytics on this show, and John Lester 
we know is old school as they come, right, in modern Major League Baseball. But uh, post-game yesterday, he had some interesting stuff. He did. Uh, he was asked a couple times about uh, the fact that uh, he's not missing bats, meaning that uh, they're making too much contact. Uh, my friend uh, Sahada Sharma, uh, who is, does a great job on the athletic covering the Cubs and former co-worker of mine at another radio station in Chicago. You can guess which one. Mm-hmm. I don't give out the numbers. No. Uh, but uh, he's really good at what uh, he does. Sahadev is, uh, is a really good reporter. But he's uh, analytically based in a lot of his uh, the way that he looks at the game. And he was uh, asking uh, John about some of the uh, analytics and the fact that he's not missing a lot of bats right now. I'm not worried about missing bats. I'm worried about not walking people. I think uh, I need to get back to to ground zero on that. And like I said, I've been battling myself for probably the last three or four starts, and that's kind of magnified itself and put me in some bad positions. I'm not too concerned about all the other analytic BS. Uh, I'm worried about what my mechanical fix needs to be for my next start, and uh, I'll continue to work on it. I just got to carry it over into the game. Uh, I haven't done that in the last two or three starts. And, you know, Sadov was certainly talking about the fact that there is more contact being made. And John admitted that over his last few starts, uh, this was coming on, that uh, his command of his pitches were just really not what he wanted. So you have the fine line between the analytics of analyzing what has taken place as far as contact. Then you have the pitcher talking about the fact that he knows the adjustment he has to make to, you know, not not miss bats, but to have weaker contact. That's the key. John Lester is not a guy that's going to go strike out 10 guys in a game. That's not his game. Mm-hmm. He is a very fine pitcher who has command of three or four pitches on a given day. And the key to the game is not pitching away from contact, but inducing weak Contact. And and that is the fine line between an analytics reporter talking about hard contact, weak contact, and a pitcher talking about missing by an inch or a quarter inch on his pitches and inducing more weak contact. And so much for your analytical BS there, Mr. Levine. But Kyle Hendricks, much the same, right? I mean, he is not going to overpower you. And, you know, he talked about that uh, yesterday with Bernstein and McKnight a little bit that, you know, on his good starts, he, his ball is moving where he needs it to move and where he wants it to move, and on his bad starts where he might make a, a pitch or two that's uh, not where he wants it, and he winds up uh, having weak starts. I mean, that's just that's how those guys operate. And almost all these conversations get to, at some point, Mike, the pitcher saying, it starts with my fastball command. Mm-hmm. And certainly that's it. We know breaking balls, and we know the changeup are important pitches, but... Uh, with, with this command issue, it starts with fastball command. And if you're off just a tad or if you have a couple umpires that aren't working with you on a given day, it can change the total dynamic of that particular game. 312-644-6767 if you'd like to jump in on yesterday's uh, Cubs cards game, anything that you just heard from John Lester or certainly the trade deadline stuff, we will get right back to it uh, throughout the show here. We're here for uh, two and a half hours till 1130 today. Right now, though, Bruce, let's get out to Rolling Meadows where John is waiting. Hey, John, good morning. Hey, guys, how are you? Good morning. I w- went out to Wrigley yesterday, and I sat in the bleachers, and uh, what I saw from Lester told me that 
the rest of this the rest of this pitching staff is going to have to step it up because you know if the Cardinals are any you know anything at all they're going to they've showed the rest of the league that he is hittable now and you attack that first pitch of his the best pitch you're going to see he isn't going to last long but what I called for generally speaking was this. The National League right now is a mess. If you look at the American League, you got Boston and Houston leading the charge. If the if the playoffs started today, the Red Sox would have to be the favorite to win this thing. They are just running on eight eight cylinders. Yeah, they're, well, they're making a mess of the American League. Let I me, mean, let me ask you this: If it's a matchup with Houston and Boston. Who has the best starting pitching in that matchup? Best starting pitching, I think, goes to Boston. But the back of the bullpen definitely goes to Boston. They have the stopper right now that can come in at any point and shut a team down. Yeah, I and that's I, what you need. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to respectfully Thanks, disagree with you, John, on the starting pitching. Houston starting pitching is the best in baseball by far. You've got Verlander. You've got Garrett Cole. You've got Dallas Keuchel pitching well. Finally, you got McCullers, Lance McCullers, right? And so, and, and Houston is one of those teams, right, Bruce? And and we've talked about this. They have Hector Rondon, very familiar to to this fan base, closing right now. But they are also in on all of the relief pitchers that we've talked about. Of the course, Cubs being in, of on. course, they are. And, and and you know they they have uh, succeeded with great pitching and the fact that a lot of their really good hitters are kind of in the same place that the. Uh, some of the Cubs star hitters have been, they've mm-hmm. kind of been off and on, you know, like Bryant with injury, like Rizzo with injury and uh, not the slugging power that he's shown in the past. Uh, yet when you're that good and you have that many weapons, mm-hmm. teams like the Cubs in Houston find a way to stay afloat and uh, continue to help dominate games where their top players aren't necessarily doing what they normally do. To the caller's point, Craig Kimbrell is probably the best in the business at the back end of that bullpen. The Red Sox are 39 games over 500 right, right now, and David Price uh, pitched a good game last night. Yeah, but but after sale, as far as dominance yeah, goes, sure. I'm, I think, I'm I think Houston Astros. has three yep. dominant starters, uh, and I, I think Boston, in a short series, can be beaten. Uh, they are certainly impressive. I mean, when you, when you have... I think they now have that offense a, too. Yeah, I think do they have a, now a five and a half game lead over the uh, Yankees? Five and a half game lead over the Yankees, who are sixty two and thirty four. That's um, not too shabby. That's almost that's that's yeah, right, that's six fifty baseball. Yep. right there. So the the Boston's playing close to seven hundred baseball. You know, at this point, you they're, know they're almost there six nine seven. But yeah, and that lineup is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and Mookie Betts and JD Martinez and the rest of them. I mean, they right. they are. Uh, certainly the class of the AL and the class of MLB I, right I, now, but I, I'm with you on the pitching. I, and I agree with the caller. The American League has the dominant teams. I would say there's four teams that are probably above uh, as far as output and uh, predictability of the Cubs right now who are most likely considered the best team in the National League at this point, even though – you know, you see the Dodgers coming on strong and then making the huge move for Manny Machado this week. Yep. Uh, that's, you know, a couple hits yesterday uh, against them in his debut with the Dodgers. Um, they're they're going to be a force in, in the second half here. But uh, the Cubs, uh, to me, the most impressive thing about them is the depth of the 
entire team. And the fact that you have your two top free agent pitchers in the offseason, Mike, mm-hmm. you know, one signed to a $126 million contract, the other to a $39 million contract. And they have combined four wins in the first half, and you have a five-game lead in the loss column on the team behind you. That's To me, that's impressive. But they certainly need to, to get that uh, slack picked up by that starting rotation, specifically, and you know, Darvish is an injury thing, but Chatwood's got to be better. Uh, we will continue our conversation leading into the uh, trade deadline only 10 days away. The Cubs figure to be looking at uh, more arms, and uh, we will also uh, give a listen. Peter Gammon's on with Molly and Hanley yesterday. Uh, had a, a thought or two about Zach Britton, the Orioles' closer, who is definitely, at this point, probably the uh, most bandied-about name out there on the trade market. And then coming up at 10 o'clock, right after the top of the hour, we will talk to our old friend and Cardinals radio play-by-play man, John Rooney. All of this and more, we're here till 11.30 on Inside the Clubhouse on The Score. Back on Inside the Clubhouse, 670 The Score, Bruce Levine, Mike Esposito, and we are here till 11.30 for you with an extra half hour of bonus baseball talk leading into bonus baseball. Doubleheader tonight, uh, or today and tonight, starting at 11.30, Zach Sidman will have your pre for game one, Tyler Chatwood in that one, and game two tonight, the day-night split doubleheader, Mike Montgomery will be your starting pitcher there. We are 10 days away, Bruce Levine, from the trade deadline, and uh, Peter Gammons, the Hall of Famer, was on yesterday with Molly and Hanley. He talked a little bit about uh, deals that could or could not be made, uh, the possibility of uh, Zach Britton going somewhere, and the cautions about a guy that's uh, been injured quite a bit over the last few years. I don't think Dan Duquette has ever recovered from being replaced by Theo Epstein. That's going to cost a lot. We have no guarantee. I mean, straight over the top, high three-quarter, power sinker ball guys, once they get hurt, very seldom ever come back with not the same velocity, because his velocity is about the same, but he doesn't have the same command, and his command has been absolutely abysmal since he's come back. So I think that's a kind of gamble. It could have a high upside, or it could be just a, a waste of money. And uh, Baltimore, it looks like, Bruce, and, you know, they are full-scale rebuild, I guess you would call it, the Machado deal. They get five prospects out of that. Britain figures to be, along with Familia, on the relief pitcher market. Now that Brad Hand is is off that market, uh, the hottest name, Baltimore is going to get some prospects, but certainly some red flags in that uh, soundbite there from Gammons. Well, it is uh, red flags for Familia. He's had some off-the-field problems, you know, some domestic violence uh, situations to deal with. So. Uh, you know, again, uh, these are the guys that are available right now, the best guys available. They don't necessarily mean that the teams like the Cubs or other contenders necessarily want these guys, but they have to deal with the reality of what the marketplace is. Right, and and you look at teams that are, are guaranteed to be selling. The Cubs made a deal with Texas already, but, you know, who on that uh, Rangers bullpen excites you? The Kansas City Royals, certainly sellers. Chicago White Sox, certainly sellers. And that kind of brings us to uh, Joaquin Soria and a guy who pitched well again last night. James James Shields has 133 innings. He's in the top 10 of uh, pitchers in baseball for innings pitch this year. He's gone seven innings or more seven times this year. If you look at the numbers, though, Mike, if you just, you know, if you're looking at, let's say, your, your GMX, in the American League, and you're looking at overall numbers of James Shields, you're not going to be too excited. No. Because it, the, the numbers are few wins, lots of losses, ERA in the high fours. But 
the quality of his work has been really, really good in probably 12 or 14 of those starts. Yeah, last night, seven innings, one run against a good Seattle team. I mean, this is, he's certainly an innings eater. He's a guy that could be a contributor to a contender, certainly at the back end of that rotation. You're not talking about him uh, pitching in huge games for you, but for 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 team looking for starting pitching depth, he's a guy. And I know I know it's not the the sexiest of moves, but certainly if Rick Hahn can figure out a way to uh, package that, maybe with Soria or with you know other pieces that that get moved, we saw him package uh, a bunch of uh, pitchers to the Yankees last year. Possibly something like that. Uh, yeah, it is was in the offense. It was a huge trade with the Yankees, yeah. and he traded uh, within. Five weeks, he traded six bullpen guys, mm-hmm. you know, so yep. uh, they they made a lot of moves for young players then. They're going to continue to try to do that. But will Jose Abreu get traded? That is the story for White Sox fans right now. We haven't heard much um, as far as, you know, any type of big rumors other than uh, Richard Justice of MLB uh wrote uh, that uh, he feels that uh, there's a chance that Houston is going to go after Abreu here. Mm-hmm. Number one, Mike, will the Sox trade Abreu, who has a year left in a contract, uh, has been mentioned as one of the leaders on that young team, somebody that is looked up to by not only the young Latin American players, but all the players on that team. You know, a guy that has tremendous work ethic, a lot of respect, uh, consistency, one of three players in uh, baseball history to start their career with at least 25 home runs and 100 RBIs in their first four seasons. Yet, um, Mike, does it does it make sense for the White Sox to hold on to him uh, going into his walk year next year if they can get two or three really top-level young players that they can look forward to to use in their rebuild? Sox fans, think about that one and give us a call, 312-644-6767. But hold those calls for about 15 minutes or so, because coming back, we're going to talk to Cardinals play-by-play man, John Rooney, a familiar voice uh, to White Sox fans. Uh, Years ago, he did uh, the Sox broadcast. We will uh, talk to John about all things baseball, but specifically Cubs Cardinals when we come back on Inside the Clubhouse on The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.